Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper, episode 103. Scaling for growth? Here's what an award-winning CEO learned. This episode is brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, enabling successful leaders and companies to accelerate to their next level of success. On the web at businessadvance.com. And now, here's Pam and Scott. Thanks, Chris. I'm Pam Harper, founding partner and CEO of Business Advancement Incorporated. And right across from me, as always, is my business partner and husband, Scott Harper. Hi, Scott. Hi, Pam. It's always a pleasure to join you for an episode of Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. And if this is your first time listening, our purpose is to spark new insights, inspiration, and immediately useful ideas for visionary leaders to take themselves and their companies to the next level of growth and success. So Pam, what's up for today? What it takes to scale your company as it grows so that it can meet the growing demand while maintaining agility and excellence in all the characteristics that have brought you success. Yeah, it sounds like a challenge. It is. And it's a particular challenge for mid-sized companies uh-huh. because they face the risk of losing some of that agility as they were when they were startups. And they still don't have the resources of the larger competitors. Okay. However, there are some visionary leaders, and we call them growth igniters, as you know, right. who not only ignite momentum, they sustain momentum on the growth journey. They keep their companies agile and responsive to customers, and they're especially good at recognizing the emerging opportunities mm-hmm. and navigating the challenges along the way. Now, a CEO who embodies this is Sherry Spiro, CEO and founder of Ad Magic and Breaking Games, one of the largest and most successful independent printers in the U.S. of tabletop games, including the wildly popular Cards Against Humanity and other customized playing cards and board games. Yeah, this includes uh, Exploding Kittens. Which, we love uh, that one. <laughs> <laughs> we played over the holidays. Yes. Well, since its launch in 1998, Ad Magic has manufactured and printed cards, customized poker chips, and board games for a host of household names and brands, including HBO, Delta Airlines, The Wall Street Journal, Symantec, Ford, Walt Disney, The Luxor Hotel, and Wynn Hotel in Vegas, Airbnb, LinkedIn, Game of Thrones, Garth Brooks, (laughs) Tom Hanks, and even the CIA. Okay. Sherry's company was honored by ACG New Jersey with a corporate growth award at at our association's 2015 Corporate Growth Conference and Awards event. And that's really where I first met her. Now, Sherry was first our guest in 2015 and has been back since then to discuss how playing games can build critical thinking skills. Right. Over this time, her company has continued to dramatically grow and win numerous awards. In fact, most recently, Sherry was honored as a winner of the EY Entrepreneur of the Year 2016 New Jersey Award. Uh Uh-huh. You can see much more about Sherry's bio and get links to our previous conversations with her by going to growthignitersradio.com, episode 103. Sherry, welcome back to Growth Igniters Radio and Happy New Year. Happy New Year. It's great to be here. Of course, we're hearing all about uh, customer demand for your games. We're playing games ourselves. You were telling us that this has been an incredible year for you, right? 2017 started off with a bang. 
Uh-huh. Uh, a lot of our games are going back into Target stores this year, and including some new ones. I'm mm-hmm. happy to say that Exploding Kittens will be on the shelves this oh, year. Great. Yes. And we've also just been accepted into Barnes & Noble with Excellent. seven of our games. So we're Excellent. very, very excited Terrific. about that. That's, That's incredible. So what's driving all this growth? Well, you know, we've increased our presence worldwide uh, through a number of ways. As you said, I was able to get some publicity from Entrepreneur of the Year. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And I also was featured in a Bloomberg magazine write-up mm-hmm. uh, in September, which was kind of exciting. And I think that the increase of our presence worldwide through trade shows and through retail mm-hmm. has really helped our business to dramatically increase. So there's the marketing presence Do you find that people are playing games more now? Word of mouth is always number one. Uh Uh-huh. So word of mouth is what has spread the word about the games from one gamer to another. And you can never underestimate the power of that. That goes above marketing. And I guess that would be the number one reason why the games are selling and why people are finding out about the games. Okay, and it's interesting that these are physical board games and card games as opposed to video games. So video is not wiping out the physical game. I think, in fact, some ways video is actually helping the um, growth of the board game and Uh card game industry because a lot of video games now are coming out with card game versions. Oh, how interesting. Well, for example, I have one sitting on my desk called Space Team Uh that came from a video game. Now, one of the things that many business leaders, especially in the mid-market, face is the dilemma of staying nimble and responsive as their company grows and not overextending but being able to really maintain that excellent customer service and and continue to develop. How has the increased demand for your company's products impacted your scaling and and how you've approached getting bigger with staying really excellent? Well, that's a very good question, and it's a constant challenge. Um, I do things a certain way, and uh, at times I'll still answer the phone for customer service, and then Uh I'll have my staff just listen to a conversation that I'm having so that they understand how I respond to clients and the excitement that I have and the passion that I have. Uh And to explain to them that when I deal with clients, if I don't feel that excitement or passion, I will pass that project to another project manager. Mm -hmm. And I encourage them to do the same thing. I want them to have that passion for each job that they're working on. And if they really don't have that interest in the client, then they need to pass it to someone who will. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's the first thing, that just the spark of excitement and the interest of the client. And so that's that's something we still work on, you know, on a regular basis as a team. We discuss it. We take the, uh, the staff to trade shows to meet the clients so that they stay engaged. Uh-huh. Also, yes. I like to think that um, the, the extended part of the team, the freight team, the illustrators, uh, the game development lab that we have out in California... I'd like to see them carry the same excitement and passion with them. So we, mm-hmm. we are constantly you know, expressing our need for that when we have meetings and, and clarifying our goals to remain agile and interested. And so that as we grow, we still have ways to stay in touch with our core values. Okay, well, that sounds like a very responsive approach to growing. What would you say is the biggest leadership lesson that you've learned about scaling? I'd like to say you, you really have to stay in touch with your staff. You really, uh-huh. the team has to be touched upon daily. 
you can't just you know you can't just be a, a CEO that is uh, doing business from afar. You have to be mm-hmm. part of the team on a daily basis. So I interact with the team when I'm here, obviously in person, and I you know touch bases with everyone, see how they're doing that day, try to keep up with where they're at. But as it grows, I stay in touch with everyone through email and make sure that we're all up to date and up to speed and we're, we're constantly airing if there's any problems that I'm involved in the loop so that I can address them. As we grow, we do have people in management positions who are who are starting to deal with people under them because mm-hmm. we are, you know, we're getting bigger. You have locations in New Jersey, in California, and you're really all over the world in many ways, correct? Well, we have a location in New Jersey, which is our headquarters. Mm-hmm. Then we're purchasing a warehouse building down the road. So that's a second location in New mm-hmm. Jersey. We have a prototype facility in Washington State, in Vancouver. And we have our game development studio in Burbank, California. So you really are reaching out across the distances. Well, we're going to go into the story behind this lesson that you've learned. But first, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk more with Sherry Sparrow, CEO and founder of AdMagic and Breaking Games, about lessons she's learned as her company has scaled to meet the growing customer demand. Stay with us. Thanks for listening to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. We're brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated. We focus on enabling visionary leaders to dramatically increase momentum for game-changing results. And we're on the web at businessadvance.com. Does this topic resonate with you? We have more. Check out related episodes to expand your perspectives and take away immediately useful ideas. Just go to growthignitersradio.com, episode 103, and scroll down under resources. And while you're there, sign up for our weekly alert of upcoming episodes so you'll always be up to date. Welcome back to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper, that's me, and Scott Harper. Scott and I are talking today with Sherry Spiro, CEO and founder of Ad Magic and Breaking Games, about the lessons she has learned as her company has scaled to meet the growing customer demand. Sherry, how can people find out more about you and your companies? Well, they can visit us at admagic.com on the web or breakinggames.com. The games are available in Target and Barnes & Noble, I'm proud to say. That's great. And uh, also through Amazon, yes? Yes, everything's on Amazon as well. That's great. <laughs> Good point. Good point. <laughs> Just to return to our conversation, uh, you have a story behind the biggest leadership lesson that you learned. I do. Um, so it's kind of a, a very mundane story, but one that really strikes a chord with me. Okay. I had written a blog post about how important my team is to me and how important it is um, that we have a good and open relationship. At the same time, that day or a day before, I had written an email that was a little tough on one of my team members. Mm -hmm. And so the next day when I came in the office, she came in and she walked into my office and she said, your blog post is bullshit. And I said, what? Okay. You might have to bleep that. No, that's all right. So she came into the office and she basically said, you know, I read what you wrote in your blog post, and here's my problem with that. And she said, you know, your email to me was really harsh, and I felt like you didn't understand what I was doing. And that was the key word. You didn't understand. Mm -hmm. Now, the truth is, I did understand what she was doing, 
but I didn't explain myself properly in uh. my email. Okay, so you have to really be careful. Words are so powerful, especially oh, in an email. Yeah. And so I said to her, listen, here's what I really meant to say. And I am so sorry. And I am so glad that you told me how you feel because that's the whole idea. I'd rather have somebody come into my office and tell me you are a jerk, you know, uh, or whatever words they prefer yeah. to use, mm -hmm. <laughs> to my face so that I know what the problem is and I can fix it and apologize if necessary and, and you know, clear the air and move on. Because, you know, people will carry grudges and they'll never tell you. That's no. so true. I encouraged my team to tell me. And it was kind of funny because that blog post did just that. She came in and she said, you know, and, and, it, and it all came <laughs> out and we had a nice conversation and we hugged at the end because we're huggers around yeah. here. Uh -huh. We're not really handshakers. And, um, <laughs> and, and it's all good. And we understand each other now on a better level. I understand what I should and should not put in an email to her in particular. And she knows that she can come to me and tell me when I'm, you know, not on track. And I think that's really important. I don't really know how you can grow otherwise. Sherry, you, you said this was a, a trivial story, but it, it really isn't. It really illustrates something that Pam and I try to work with people all the time. And that is you have managed one way or another to create an atmosphere in your company where people, and you said feel comfortable. It's so important that in any company, people can say not only good things, but things that are troubling them, bring up ideas that some other, in some other circumstance, they might feel embarrassed or that might, they might be put down. That comfortable environment for a full and open discussion is such a critical thing for any size company anywhere, whether you're across the hall or across the continent. And you're doing that, and that's one of the true attributes of growth igniters. That's true. And so, Sherry, how do you do that? How do you create that level of comfort? You know, I remember how I was treated when I was in the corporate world, <laughs> and I have vowed never to be that person or those people. I started my own business to get away from bureaucracy and unfairness, and I just feel that I've been blessed with this wonderful opportunity to be fair to the people that work with me. So how does this work? It kind of goes to my next question, which is you have such a special culture. And of course, every company does, but yours is a very personal uh, culture. You've talked about that relationship. Now you're starting to grow larger, you're scaling, you're getting managers, you're going to continue to grow, you've told us. Uh, how do you retain that very personal culture as your company continues to grow, eventually you won't be able to see everybody all the time. This is true. I can't see everyone all the time now because we do have people in another state. Right. Um, however, I try to really carefully explain to people who are hiring the impact that every new hire is going to have on the team. Mm -hmm. And we bring them in, we give them a trial period, and they need to fit in with the team. They need to impact the team in a positive way. They need to uplift the team. Now, so far, we've been really fortunate that the people that we've hired have fit in. And, you know, you'll hear people talk about the team like it's family. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It really is like family around here. Um, we take care of problems for the team. 
Um, we had a, oh, we have a, a girl right now who's out on leave because she had a major surgery. Uh, and believe it or not, she's still working. I don't know how she's doing it. I mean, wow. She just had major surgery. She just sent me an update this morning. I, I was, <laughs> I'm like, how are you? How do you do this? And Very one of the girls, committed. No, one of the girls said, "Oh, it's just the effects of her drugs. She's got. She's overconfident. <laughs> we're double checking her work." But, but uh, no, in, in all seriousness, you know. So we're, um, you know, we're. She's still part of the family, even though she's out. Um, mm-hmm. She's still very much a part of what we're doing. We're keeping her in, in the loop on all the emails. Um, you know, we're still paying her her, her regular. Uh, she's not on disability or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And because uh, I mean, we have a different culture, it is right. about really caring for the people. Because if I can't do that, they are not going to care for me. And yeah. I need a lot of caring for. And I have just, a lot <laughs> of stuff to do, and I need help. It goes into how you make decisions as well, correct? Absolutely. Well, you know, it's kind of interesting. I have to count to 20 before I even start an email. And sometimes I have to rewrite emails 10 or 12 times because mm-hmm. sometimes there's a very high level of frustration. And that level of frustration has to be completely gone by the time you actually hit the send button. Yeah. And every once in a while, I hit the send before the level of frustration is completely gone. So never do that. And okay? someone comes into your office and says, <laughs> Yeah, why did you? Right. <laughs> or, or they could be writing back from across the world. Uh, I mean, it, it, okay. it's not limited to team members. I mean, it could okay. be a vendor. But the truth is that, um, you know, we're, we're human beings. We learn on a daily basis. And people make mistakes. And I make mistakes as well. And sure. my people have to feel safe. If they make a mistake, they have to feel safe to say, listen, I made this mistake. Mm -hmm. I'm owning this mistake. And I will say, I'm glad you own that mistake. Here's what you do to avoid that mistake or handle that mistake for now. Okay. And here's how you fix it. And don't worry about it. Move on to the next task. And, Mm -hmm. And I think that's much healthier than trying to condemn someone for being human. Sure. And uh, you've alluded to it. In addition to your employees, you have uh, people around the world who are vendors, who uh, are do outsource work for you. And we like to refer to the extended family of, of a company, the employees and others, as a community, a fam- family community. And sometimes as companies get bigger, they have a harder time keeping that sense of community for their stakeholders. You have game developers, and customers are also part of the community. How are you staying responsive to all of these people? And they're obviously going to have naturally conflicting needs. How do you balance that? Well, that's a very good question. What we've done is we've added project managers. Uh-huh. Um, so I may have an initial contact with a client, and then I, I will say, listen, your day-to-day operations will be handled by this project manager. However, I will stay in the loop. And if you have any concerns, you can always come back to me. Mm-hmm. But on a daily basis, I'm the CEO. You know, there's, there's, I can't manage your project on a day-to-day basis. Right. So we, we hand it off to project managers, and they have a very keen interest in each of their clients. So that's one way. And, so you have um, process, essentially. We have process there. Yeah. And then also we have community. We do have, you uh-huh. know, Facebook pages and Twitter, and we, we uh. keep in touch with everyone online. And that's a lot of fun. That's a yeah. lot of fun. We have mm-hmm. Breaking Games Backstage, which is being converted into a Kickstarter page because we're going to start running Kickstarters, and that'll All be right. a whole other aspect. So it it sounds to me like people are connected to the purpose of your company. It's not just a job to these people, and it's not just employees and you and some vendor. You really are that community. Because most of the people that we're involved with are living their dream by designing a game or being involved with manufacturing games uh-huh. or being an artist. 
Um, we try to make their part of the dream a reality. So for the most part, it's a really positive community and people have a vested interest in being involved. They're not just doing it because this is the only job that they could get. Uh-huh. Okay. So we're going to take another quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk more with Sherry Spiro, CEO and founder of Ad Magic and Breaking Games, about three immediately useful ideas for scaling your company as it grows. Stay with us. You are listening to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper, brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated on the web at businessadvance.com. Does your company have what it takes to meet your current commitments and move fast enough to respond to new opportunities? Take the first step to confirm your perspective by requesting our free resource, Five Questions to Ask When You Need to Move Even Faster. Our questionnaire will help you find out where to begin to focus your energy and resources so what should be happening really is happening faster and more effectively. We've developed these questions based on our work with clients in over 30 industries. We've helped them scale faster, make innovation happen faster, and more quickly respond to new opportunities. This has generated millions of dollars in top and bottom line growth. Now you can have this resource on a complimentary basis just for sharing your valid contact information with us. So don't miss out. Go today to growthignitersradio.com and select episode 103. Scroll down to resources and click the link download five questions to ask when you need to move even faster. And to learn more about our success stories, go to businessadvance.com client results. Welcome back to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. Over the last two segments, Scott and I have been speaking with Sherry Spiro, CEO and founder of Ad Magic and Breaking Games, about the lessons she's learned as she's navigated her company through its dramatic growth journey. Sherry, tell us again, how can people find your games? They can visit BreakingGames.com or they can mm-hmm. look for Breaking Games on Amazon, in Target, and in Barnes & Noble wherever good games are sold. (laughs) Okay. So this is the part of Growth Igniters Radio where we like to talk about the most immediately actionable ideas. What is the first thing that you would do? Well, uh, the very first thing I would do would be to put my goals in writing and then send those off to the people that I'm working with Uh to get their thoughts on whatever my actionable idea is. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, I, uh, I had one this morning uh, that I sent off to the entire team, uh, and it, it, it does involve growing a game in particular. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, basically you have to put the idea in writing, get it out to the people that matter, get feedback. Where do you go as far as clarifying it? Because, again, sometimes writing works. Sometimes people have questions. They need to get together in person. How do you do that? Well, in the rare event that we need to get together in person, we meet at trade shows. And so our primary uh, team building with the entire staff happens when we're all together at a trade show geographically. Otherwise, we do Google Chat, we do Uh Skype, and we do a lot of email and Slack. Slack is very handy because it's, it's an ongoing conversation. So the first immediately useful idea is get those ideas written down and also share them in a variety of ways, you know, whether it's in person, social media, some other way so that people have that ability to clarify. 
Interestingly enough, I just hired a programmer because he's uh -huh. helping us uh, increase our Salesforce platform uh, and customize it to do the things that we wanted to do for both the manufacturing and the publishing side of the business and the warehousing side of the business. Mm -hmm. So the platform has to grow in order to support the growth of the business, which is, of course, the most important uh, mechanical thing that we're doing, if you want right. to call it mechanical. Mm -hmm. And... Um, he is working in a thing called agile, which is a which is a concept of how to um, how to get a, a team to work together. Right. Agile is a system, and so he's introducing yes. us to that. And I think we're going to probably start implementing that within the next month because it's very simple. Mm -hmm. We can get all the team members together at once. We can have a short meeting every morning and monitor our goals uh, more concisely. I'm very very excited about that. I have wanted a programmer for a long time. And his addition to the team is just a, a, a big step in the right direction towards being able to support future go growth right. in a smart way. So Agile is a process. And, and again, you can have process without being bureaucratic. And that's right. really important. Right. Yeah. Okay. Process is not a four-letter word. That's Scott's favorite <laughs> saying. That's right. So what's your second idea? So my second idea is to do a team building exercise, which I've wanted to do for a long time, uh -huh. which is to bring the entire team together. And um, we're going to do, um, actually, we're going to do a and a d exercise with ah, one, of the, okay. one of the biggest uh, dungeon masters in the business. So we're very excited about that. I think that's going to be interesting. It's also game related. Mm -hmm. So uh, as far as team building and as far as our growth goes, programming, uh, sharing ideas, and then team building, those seem to be some of the strongest moves that I can make. I like what you're saying because you're really a product of the product. We were talking a while back with you about games as a way to develop your team's strategic outlook and uh, problem solving and all the rest of that. And you're living it. I, I really am living it. I think that's wonderful. What's an immediately useful idea for say minimizing the risk of scaling because a lot of people say how do we how do we stay nimble what is it that we can do so that we don't become this bloated bureaucracy and uh, expand too fast or whatever yeah, overextend overextend yeah. what what's something you can do to minimize that risk so uh, the way i do it is this the need has to exist for the position to be filled uh -huh. prior to hiring the person so I, I hate to say this, but my team has to be overloaded before we expand the team. Okay. Mm -hmm. Once the team is overloaded in a certain area, we have to expand. And I feel like the we have to, we have no choice, mm -hmm. is a big part of the equation. If it's optional, don't do it. Mm -hmm. Don't fix it if it's not broken. However, if it's stressed and it's starting to strain, mm -hmm. and you have to do it, then you have no choice. You have to hire someone. And I love doing it that way. It's worked really well for us. It's a little hard on the team because you do almost have to get to the breaking point. But mm -hmm. you have to know that if you do it that way, you're never overhiring. So you're looking for the signals that would say, this is it. You know, This is as far as we can go, but we're not going to sacrifice our quality yeah. or our responsiveness in the process. And it's a sustained need. It's not, it's not cyclical. Exactly. And, and yeah. the other thing is you, you've got to always look ahead. You know, we're really, really right. busy now. What happens if we're not quite yeah. as busy? How do we support that moving forward? What safety nets can we put in place? And so diversification is the safety net uh, that I have yep. put in place. Uh, we have a warehouse now. 
the warehouse allows us to do a lot of things. Actually, one thing that I'm uh, very strongly considering going into is framing. I know that sounds funny, but framing. we manufacture pieces of art. Uh-huh. Uh, there are so many pieces of art in this office because every card, every board, everything has art on it. Mm-hmm. And we have a lot of need for framing. And uh, we spend a lot of money on it. And we think it's a value-added service for some of our clients that may want to have you know, a frameable item at their booth. Uh-huh. We still have promotional items, many, many promotional items that we manufacture on a regular basis. We have not given up that part of the business. Mm-hmm. And in fact, we are expanding that part of the business now because we've hired people to do that. So oh. sustained growth, diversification, yeah. and, and controlled growth. So looking also for what's next, that's what I'm hearing, that you're picking up on these uh, different possibilities. You're not just resting in one place, even though you have that successful business. There's definitely a next chapter to this story. Definitely looking for strategic partnerships, um, expanding our minds to think beyond the way the business normally works, uh, doing different kinds of publishing uh, instead of just saying, okay, this is the system, this is how the bigger companies have done yeah, it in the past, yeah. experimenting with people from different walks of life who are interested in getting into this space. Um, it's been quite the adventure. All okay. Right. Well, any final thoughts that you want to share with us about scaling your company for growth? Be careful what you wish for. <laughs> and, uh, and, and if you get what you wish for, then always be careful to think farther ahead to make sure that you're going in the right direction and never lose touch of the people around you. Thanks so much again for being our guest today. And uh, we look forward to hearing more from you in the future. Thank you so much for having me and happy 2017. Happy Happy 2017, 2017. Sherry. Thanks a lot. And thanks to you out there for listening. To get show notes and resource links for this week's episode, go to growthignitersradio.com, select episode 103. Until next time, this is Pam Harper. And Scott Harper. Wishing you continued success and leaving you with this question to reflect on. As your company is scaling on the journey of growth, how are you going to stay nimble and responsive to all of your stakeholders? Growth Igniters and Growth Igniters Radio are service marks of Business Advancement Incorporated. All Growth Igniters Radio episodes are copyrighted productions of Business Advancement Incorporated, intended for the private use of our audience. Except as otherwise provided by copyright law, all other uses, including copying, editing, redistribution, and publication without prior written consent of Business Advancement Incorporated, are prohibited. All rights reserved.